Hello and welcome back to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. This is episode 7, and I've entitled it How to Undo a Man, which is the same chapter title in my book that's sort of the the crux, the pivot point of the book. And it centers around what I believe is probably one of the most critical real issues in front of men or confronting men these days. Um, so when, as men, we tend to internalize our struggles. I don't think a lot of people would argue that. I don't think a lot of men would argue that. We don't tend, most of us don't tend to wear our struggles out in the open on our sleeves. And it's, it usually takes a little work for me to get men into a place where they trust me, they trust other guys or who, whatever the atmosphere might be, that they would openly talk about what they're struggling with. And a lot of people, you know, we've sort of been told that it's part of a man's nature to internalize his struggles. And over the years of working with men, I came to, men taught me to disagree with that. And I don't think that's necessarily our nature. I think it's it has more to do with social conditioning. I think that in general, men have been socially conditioned through, I don't know if stimulus and response is the correct term for that, but feedback when men do openly talk about their struggles. So I don't necessarily see it as a man's nature because I've known a lot of men and a lot of men tell me what's going on in their lives. But I don't socially condition men. I encourage men to live transparent lives, to not be afraid to throw something out into the light instead of keeping it in the dark or the shadows where it uh, can fester where it just sits there and becomes something larger than what it should be. Um, when we internalize our struggles, there is a, it's more of a, it, it, it continues, it, 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 it swells the negative feedback loop that I referenced in an earlier episode to where we uh, perceive that we're alone and that if we talk about our struggles, will be viewed as crazy for having them. So because we don't talk about them, we don't hear other men talking about them, therefore we assume that we are alone in our struggles, so we don't talk about them. And it, and it starts this destructive feedback loop in men. And then this one, when we are internalizing our struggles, um, or we've been conditioned, as I said, I believe we've been conditioned to do that, um, and that just adds insult to the injury. As I said in another episode, we have this, uh, so many men, especially uh, in the younger men, I don't see it really in men at this point. This is uh, September 6th, 2021. I don't see it in a lot of men north of 55. That's just a give or take. But I do see a lot in younger men that there's this self-perception of guilt, <clears throat> excuse me, for being a man or that somehow there's permission that needs to be granted to be or act like one. As if somebody else has the authority to um, to give us or revoke permission to be and act like men. And I think that that is tied to the social conditioning of men to internalize our struggles. 
And the only thing that's required of us as men to keep these destructive mindsets alive and thriving in men is to isolate us from one another. And think about that for just a minute. So if you want to keep a negative feedback loop cycling through men, because you know to undo a pillar of a culture, you need to undo the men. And so the only way, if you put men together, we'll figure something out. So the easiest way to accomplish bringing a culture down, in my opinion, is isolating the men in that culture. Because men tend to be doers. Uh, We tend to, uh, there's something inside of us, the way we're wired, that that if, if if there's an injustice or there's something wrong, there's something inside of us that makes us step into that gap sometimes without even thinking and then wondering, oh my gosh, what did I just get myself into? But it's that, I believe, is part of our nature. Um, so when I, when I meet men and they tell me that they're the only one who's facing that struggle that they're facing, they choose not to talk about it. Um, because they're, they have this fear that they're going to be viewed as crazy. They have some measure of, of guilt for being a man. And some of them have to think about it for a bit because it sounds so foreign. Like, well, of course I'm not. I don't feel any guilt for being a man. And I tell them, just think about it. Maybe you don't. But, you know, I used to think that I didn't. And it's this isn't some head game or something. Just look back over your life. Look at your daily life. Do you change who you are around different people? Because being a man or acting like one might be uh, shunned. Uh, You see this guilt in men. um, And then there's this lie that men believe they need to have some kind of permission to act like men. And, And I see these as symptoms that are masking the real issue. And... For years, I worked on symptoms. And I, I'm pointing the finger at myself with this. I see symptoms. I didn't see the, I didn't see that as I, I, I didn't it took me a while to see that as the real as what the real issue was. And based on my experience, one of the most powerful ingredients for undoing a man is isolating him from regular and meaningful connection to other men who bring a positive influence into his life. I'm going to say that again. So based on my experience, what other men have taught me over the years about us, one of the most powerful ingredients for undoing a man is isolating him, isolating you, isolating me from regular and meaningful connection with other men who bring positive influences into his life. Stop and think about that for a minute. How many are you isolated? Do you have a network of men around you? Do you have a group of men around you who are a positive influence into your life? And I'm not talking about just any old group of men. When I refer to men needing to have a regular and meaningful connection, I am referring to to a connection to men who bring a positive influence into their life. Not just any old connection, but a positive influence into their lives. Because it's easier if you if you isolate men from one another. You get to control the show. 
and men have taught me this over the years, it's much easier to deal with an isolated issue in a man than it is to invest the time to identify larger patterns across men in general. And if you look at assistance that the minimal assistance that is available around the country for men, you'll see they, they sort of deal with uh, symptoms with an isolated issue as if it's not really connected as if it doesn't connect to other issues that other men on a larger scale are also struggling with. Um, you deal with men's high suicide rates, but I don't see a lot of digging in to look at a larger picture for men. But I do see discussions or hear discussions about suicide in men. But again, suicide would be a symptom of an underlying issue. And I do think that that underlying issue is men being isolated from a regular meaningful connection to other men who bring a positive influence into their lives. And I'm not stating that this is the only issue. It, this is not the only real issue in men. But as I steeped down what men have taught me about themselves... At this point where I stand, and my, my, opinion's always, my opinion is always subject to change because my, my level of knowledge is, is increasing. Uh, different men teach me different things. I don't have all the answers, and I've said that openly. There's nothing, I'm not hiding that. All I have is observations, and based on the observations that I do have, that is the most powerful issue, real issue, affecting men. So I'm going to close this one out by reading an example that I did put in my book. And I am not a professional reader, but this one does summarize. And you can tell me if this... No, you don't have to tell me. You think about, is this you? Are, are you similar to Mike? And I just made up Mike. Mike's just a hypothetical example. This is sort of a prototype, prototypical example of what used to walk across the threshold in our men's group. I see this a lot on my job sites. And I see this when men aren't comfortable meeting in a group, but they want to just go meet one-on-one -on -one for a cup of coffee or lunch or something. So I'll use Mike as, as an example. And he's representative of the pattern that has unfolded before me and man after man, year after year. And in this setting, I'm going to use our men's group as the setting, but the pattern is the same. It doesn't really matter of the location. The key element is the presence of other men. So Mike's life is being hammered by a severe storm. And he is approaching the end of himself. He is emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. Mike heard about our group through the grapevine. Part of him really wants to come check out our group, to be in the company of other men, but circumstances make it difficult for him to trust people. After weeks or months of finding lame excuses at the last minute to not come to our group, Mike finally overcomes his fears and summons the courage to step over the threshold into the mysterious realm of our group. His guard is up, his nerves are rattled, and if he focuses, he can keep his anxiety at bay. He shakes a lot of hands as the guys quickly reach out to greet him. He can't help but notice that the room is full of men aged 20 to 60. At least one man is dressed like he works at a bank, and at least one looks like he just walked out of the woods from a grueling thousand-mile hike. Everyone else's fit and finish falls somewhere between those extremes. Mike finds a seat and settles into settles into it, intending to listen and say nothing. 
So this is where uh, Zach and I, who ran the group, this is where um, typically I would step in or Zach would, but I am a barger and life has made me that way. And I've lost a lot of friends to suicide. I did in my earlier life and that turned me into a barger. I'm no longer timid. I'm not afraid to barge into a man's life. And so I would say something like, Mike, when a man walks over that threshold into our group, there's always a reason. And it's usually a storm that brought him here. Why don't you tell us what brought you here? Mike has been in a storm. This, and so Mike will start unfolding his story. Mike has been in a storm and he's nearing the end of himself. But he's not talked about it with anyone because, well, he doesn't talk about personal issues with anyone. It doesn't matter anyway, because if he did, people would think he's crazy. Besides, he's never known or heard of someone else going through the storm that he's in now. We know this because he tells us. Mike always says this. He has internalized his pain and his thoughts for so long now that he has to relearn how to put a voice to the pain which has, to this point, resided within him, almost never outside of him. The fact that not a single man in the room is rushing him along helps Mike gather his thoughts, calm his nerves, and try to begin putting a voice to why he is nearly at the end of himself. As Mike's story unfolds, men around the table start smiling. Some even laugh. I butt in to let Mike know that the smiles he sees and the laughs he hears around the table are from the men who have been in or, or are presently in the same storm that he is describing. They are smiling and laughing because they know that Mike's road to healing and rebuilding has commenced this very moment, and in that they find tremendous encouragement. Mike is stunned to realize that he is not only not alone, but that a surprising number of men around the table know exactly what he feels like because they are on or have traveled the same road. Before long, Mike drops his guard, and like a lost child, re- re- uh, excuse me. Before long, Mike drops his guard, and like a lost child reuniting with his parents, begins running full speed into the company of other men who want to have a positive impact in his life. Dumping the pain of his story in front of the other men helps him see and sort it out far more than he imagined. He hasn't shed a tear in years, not since his father passed away, but tears of relief are slowly trick- trickling down his cheeks. The more Mike unloads, the more his spirit lifts. Every man man around the table can see Mike's formerly slumped shoulders starting to square up and a small flicker of light returning to the lifeless eyes he had when he first walked into the room. All we do is listen and watch. Mike takes the first steps on the road to healing. Mike will eventually get around to how long it has been since he was in the company of stout men with a positive outlook, men with whom he felt a connection, men he knew he could trust, men around whom he could simply be 100% himself with no facade. Sadly, most of the time he will not have had that since his late teens or early 20s. Mike will get to how he regrets holding off so long before coming to the group, and that it was only in the desperation of coming to the end of himself that he finally decided he had nothing else to lose. Mike will often talk of how he felt guilty at the thought of taking any time at all away from certain trusted individuals in his life to come hang out with a bunch of guys for a couple hours each week. Certain people in his life view him doing so as unimportant and selfish, and for the longest time he thought he needed their permission to come to the group. Certain people in his life would feel abandoned or jealous if Mike found a healthy and meaningful connection to other men, and now he's wondering why people close to him wouldn't want him to do something that has helped him out more than he could ever imagine it would have. I'm going to cut that off right there, and I'm going to end this episode with that, and I will come back with 
developing this out a little bit more, but that gives you sort of a snapshot of of where I'm headed with it. And not that this is going to change the world, but it is as effective as it is simple. And most of the time, uh, we do overcomplicate things, and it is the simple things. So I'm going to cut this one off. This would be part one of episode seven of the Man You Are Not Alone podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.